Hello and welcome to the Horror House Podcast. I'm Dave. I am Chris. In this episode of the Horror House, we are talking about a little money over art. A little uh, call out. Uh, what is it called, Dave? When you're... Uh, yeah, we're calling them out. We're calling out a little movie studio. Put, put them on the spot. We're dunking yeah. them. Uh, so st- stay tuned for that later in the episode. Um, but first... Uh, what do you think? What do you think, Dave? I think that uh, if you have any feedback for us about this episode, a previous episode, or something you'd like to see in the future, why don't you give yeah. us a shout-out on Twitter? You can hit me up at sweetness1. That's sweetness with six E's and sweet. Uh, on Twitter, you can go to at whorehouse2. Or you can send us an email, uh, whorehousepodcast at gmail.com. If you're on Facebook, why don't you scroll on over to the Horror House page on Facebook. Let us know what you think. Or you can leave us a voicemail on anchor.fm backslash horrorhouse. Let us hear your beautiful voice and tell us directly what you think. We can hear the sarcasm. We can hear the anger. We can hear the love. And let us know if we can share that with the world. And finally, if you're listening on a platform that allows ratings or reviews for, for the podcast, for, for Little Old Horror House, uh, please do so. It helps us immensely. And we'll be able to give you more Horror House in the future. And it's free. And it's it's free. Just like just like Horror House. It's, per, it's Match Made in Heaven. It's, it's, all, it's, it's all there is to it. You know, Chris. You know what else is? You know what else is free? What? Listening to this ad. This episode of Horror House, we're talking. Uh, are we being uh, pretentious? Are we pretentious? Um, um, Chris, we reviewed a foreign movie this year, this season. So, I think we have right. to be a little pretentious. We, yeah, yeah. You're right. So, I mean. We want to talk a little bit this this episode about uh, kind of studios and artistic integrity. Yeah, I mean, it's not even just movie studios, but I mean, we are a movie slash TV kind of oriented podcast, so that just makes sense. Just, you know, the studios that keep going back to the well, keep, you know, kicking the dead horse. Is that the phrase? Um just milking franchises, cashing in. Um, as horror fans, we've seen it for decades, and it it, it it will never stop. But it's I think it's something worth talking about. Um, absolutely, absolutely. This is a, a an excellent topic for horror fans to discuss. And I think the, at least for me to think of this one of the biggest things being a, like a 70s to 90s like that the sweet spot for me is like the big slashers you know friday nightmare halloween hellraiser all those they all reach like this saturation point right and it's you know some people like some of the i'm air quoting here lesser ones uh but that doesn't mean that they're bad uh but they may be, you know, reaching that kind of point of, uh, like, creative bankruptcy. <laughs> right. Where it's right. just like, we have to get this Nightmare on Elm Street 19 out now. Or, you know, or we can't get 20 out next year. <laughs> right. we got a schedule to keep. Uh, kind of yeah. like Call of Duty's turning out a Call of Duty every year. Yeah. Whether they are actually good or not. And... Um, We've seen not just franchises, but we've seen entire studios that have kind of sold out. I mean, I, I don't think anybody would fault a studio for wanting to make some money, but in the long run, are they hurting themselves? Yeah. And, you know, when you get into these schedules, kind of, uh, where it's just like pumping them out one after the other, uh, the thing it kind of the things that made it cool to begin with kind of start to disappear. And then that's kind of where, you know, 
20 years, 30 years later, you have fans of these franchises that are like, oh, I like the first one and the second one. Fuck all the other ones. And there's some form of that for every franchise. It's like, I like the third one. Take or leave the rest of them. Somewhere, but it's not just horror. Somewhere out there, somebody is watching and thinking, but if they didn't just keep turning out, we never would have got the Rob Zombie Halloweens. And you're correct. <laughs> and that person is his wife. And him. They're, yeah. And the creepy boy. Um, but it's it's not just horror. Like, uh, to go beyond the, kind of the franchises for a second, you get other studios that will cash in or try to try to beat the punch line in a way. Cause, uh, I don't know if it's really much of a thing in this era, but I know, um, back before, um, rentals and stuff had gone the way of the dinosaurs. Uh, you would go in and like before transformers come out, what did we see? Like right before, so, you know, whatever studio, I don't even know what studio was, but there's fucking transmorphers. It's like, what the, obviously clearly you're trying to just get in there, get in there and make some money. I've never watched them. Maybe they're great. I doubt it. (laughs) It didn't, um, the, the box are, I do remember the transmorphers box. Mm-hmm. And um, it did not give me hope that it was going to be a good movie. And I mean, when uh, the Marvel Marvel's Thor, the first Thor movie, was coming out like ten something years ago now, I remember there being like just generic Thor movies, like Sci Fi Channel esque, maybe even some Sci Fi Channel movies. And it's just like you are only doing these to to get a buck. Like, I that doesn't make me want to watch a movie when I know that's a thing. Would how do you feel on that? When it's um, just like clearly, I mean, everything's you do these things to want to make money. I mean, you don't want to be not successful. I understand that, but when it's just for that, one, I think. What do you think? I think audiences really. I would like to think not many people fall for it. But I think that they do, or they wouldn't quit, keep doing it. Uh, Mental Floss. True. Mental Floss calls these mockbusters. That's a great name. uh, Yeah, it really is. And they're on their mentalfloss.com. There are some really good ones. Um, And good as in quotes, I guess. Because for Frozen, they have there's a mockbuster called Frozen Land. Uh, For Pacific Rim, there's one called Atlantic Rim. For World War Z, there's Apocalypse Z. There's Speed Racer and Street Racer. (laughs) There's RoboCop and Android Cop. Android Cop starring Michael Jai White and Charles S. Dutton. So, I mean, they got some names. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's um, just uh, It's like a whole kind of genre to itself. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know anybody that like seeks these out. It, it may be something that you watch when you're like too drunk to know. <laughs> I always you're imagine like, uh, Android Cop? What the fuck is Android Cop? And you just click on it. Like sober you would be like, mm, Yeah, I, I, I always imagine in the age of the video store, I always imagined either a drunk or like um uh, Okay, mommy's going to run to the video store. What do you want to watch? I want to watch the Transformers. And, you know, mommy not knowing what she's grabbing, you know. So. And then, you know, on top of that, I remember being a kid when the Aladdin movie, the Disney Aladdin, come out. um, Mm -hmm. And it hadn't yet made its way to VHS. I don't know that it had left theaters yet. (laughs) But I remember walking through a store with one of my aunts and there on the VHS racks was an Aladdin animated movie. Not the Disney one, obviously, looking at it. She don't know that. She, you know, and she's like, oh, I'm going to get this for, you know, my son. He's been wanting to see that. And I'm like, that's not what that is. <laughs> I don't remember if she listened to me or not. It's not the right thing. Don't, don't yeah. fall for it. 
So that's that's always been in my head. It's like somebody's mom walking through a store being like, oh, here's this. And it's like, that's not what that is. Yeah. That's not what that is. I they, wish they would all have that tagline at the bottom or like the, you know, the quote from like some reviewer. It should be it, all of them at the bottom should be air quotes. That's not what that is. Yes. <laughs> Studios, when, feel free to use Horror House as a quote on your box art. That's not what that is. No, no, uh, no payment necessary. Do they get paid for those? I don't know. I don't know. Use but them. they use them. They shouldn't even have the DVD in the box. It when you get it home and open it up, it should just be a note that just says, "I got you. I got you, bitch. I got you. <laughs> I got you, bitch." <laughs> I am also okay with that. Leave. See, and then you know, I mean, really. You know, they had the warning from Horror House on there. It's not what you think it is. You open it up. Gotcha, bitch. It's, it wasn't in any kind of a way. No. no. I didn't know I was getting a post-it note with profanity. Somebody's somebody's aunt. Uh, it would In the so long run, it would benefit them because they would not make the same mistake twice. The next time they go back. True. The true. next time they go back and try to rent uh, Pixar's Up, a beloved movie... <laughs> They would not fall for the trap and buy What's Up Balloon to the Rescue. <laughs> uh, oh my God. <laughs> so, I mean, that kind of. What, there, was a, there was a quote you had um, that I wanted to, to talk about for a second. Do you want to, do you want to throw it out there? Uh, the Disney quote? Uh, the, for the Vinci. for the peop for the people, oh, or the the consumer. Okay, so this is this is more of a I feel like a fanboy question, um, mm -hmm. like not a, a question a fanboy would ask, but a question that should be posed to fanboys and creators. George Lucas, uh, you know, uh, right. Gene Roddenberry, uh, you know, and that is. Uh, J.K. Rowling, we were we were talking about a little uh, potheads, the Harry Potheads, uh, <laughs> earlier. And the question is, does art belong to the consumer more than it does to the creator? Mm -hmm. Obviously, in a legal sense, the answer is no. The creator owns their creation. But in a less legal, more of a figurative sense, I think it does belong to the consumer's on some level, you know. Yeah, especially once it like permeates pop culture, like uh, you there's I think that may be a big problem why some of these franchises flounder is because they don't know how to navigate that kind of idea. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie um if you know, I'm sure people listening probably remember, but like they showed like well, I don't remember if it was I don't remember if it was a trailer or just a mm -hmm. still image of I Sonic, think it was, and people, oh, yeah. people were like, "Fuck no, you will change this." And the studio had to spend however much money to literally change their whole goddamn movie. And uh, for the better, I mean, he looked like Sonic the Hedgehog finally. But I remember Jim Carrey had some kind of a quote. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he's like, kind of that same thing. It's like, um. You're letting the fans dictate what we're doing as artists. And it's like, yeah, you're right. But this is a thing that it's tricky. It's it's tricky yeah. to navigate. Yeah. Um and that's that was one of the things I thought when you when first brought this quote up. I was like, oh that's not like the hedgehog thing. <laughs> I, I think we talked about this once before, but I think we talked about it in the realm of music. Where a, a band or or a franchise, if they don't change anything, people just will criticize them for just staying the same. You know, uh, AC ACDC, their twenty fifth mm -hmm. album sounds exactly like their first album. <laughs> and, and, well, and some people will praise that. They'll be like, yes. they stuck to their their guns. They never, yeah. they never, you know. Right. And, but as just as much people that praise uh -huh. that will criticize that. But then, if you change right. something, um, then you know people will lose their fucking minds because you change something. Yeah. Oh, 
you, they sold fucking out, man. Um, Metallica. I remember when Metallica released uh, uh, Loaded and they cut their fucking hair and stuff. I remember people right. losing their fucking shit over this. It's like, oh, they sold out. They cut their hair. Maybe, maybe shampoo and conditioner bills were just getting out of hand. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> um, I mean, to you know, attribute this to horror uh, when I I don't know if we've really talked about Jason versus Freddy at any kind of any any sort of length on. I don't show I, before. Surprisingly, I don't think so. We've mentioned it, but I'm kind of surprised too. Yeah. So for me, like looking back at it now, I some I see I have seen the reception for this movie just grow over time, which is annoying to me. I don't get it because I waited I don't know how long for this movie to come out, and it would always stall and this and that. And so when it comes out, and it's I forget the name of the director. But they literally they they've said they wanted somebody that wasn't a fan of the franchises to make the movie, and I'm like, how does that make any fucking sense? That that makes no that's sense. That's what this that's what this movie is supposed to be. It's like clearly, clearly in the title, Jason versus Freddy, right? That's you know taking this fan wanted thing for decades, this thing that fans have just you know salivated in their brains over. And then to, you know, give it to somebody that doesn't, that's not a fan of either one, doesn't make any fucking sense. So in that regard, I think fans, Ronnie Yu. Ronnie Yu directed. That's, and he, he did the uh, Bride of Chucky, I want to say. That's, that's, I mean, those two movies are literally all I know. I like Bride. I like Bride. That's a that that's a, that would be a good episode too. Just kind of when I don't know how serious you could say Child's Play ever really was, aside from maybe the first one, maybe two. Uh, but it certainly went tongue in cheek with Bride, right? Yes, and yes. That's wow. a that's a topic too. That kind of you kind of change some genres in a way, and I, I, maybe it fits here. I don't know. What do you think? I mean. You you like Bride? I'm kind of. I don't I, know. I I That's, do think Bride changed tones, but I think that Chucky is a is a idea that lent itself to that. Uh, yeah, Leprechaun, it's absurd. Le- Leprechaun so kind of did the same thing with you know. Yeah. Where there was this huge tonal cheek, and they just leaned into the comedy. Uh, and I, and I think it worked for those. I I wouldn't want Freddie to do that. It, I mean, I wouldn't want Jason to do that or Mike to do that. You know, right? I don't think they lend themselves to that very well. I mean, I mean, Freddie kind of was really pushing that. We, Especially you know when they got to Freddie's dead and he's like playing with the power glove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we, just... we we've talked about that. We've talked about that. Really, it was mm-hmm. to, for me. It was Dream Warriors that they kind of went off the rails and leaned yeah. into the possibilities. You know, let's face it. Freddie so, is basically a horror Green Lantern. Like anything he can fucking imagine, he can do in these yeah. dreams. So the possibilities and and the 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 yeah I, mean, I have happen. had I have had dreams of the possibilities of a modern day like you take it serious at least what you're able to do with it not maybe not the script itself or the story itself right but what you could do with it there's a lot of cool things bending reality like what you see you know oh, there's so much stuff that's a getting off topic but I mean that would be so rad that would be so rad. <laughs> I did. Um, I I know I'm going to take us back to Freddy versus Jason. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it, but I didn't think it was anything great. I don't think they got Freddy very right. It, we may have to do an episode. I'm. I will get to Friday. We'll get to all the franchises uh, eventually. I mean, uh, we still got those Friday movies. I've 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 not worked my way through all of them yet. That. Uh, Amazon so kindly uh, <laughs> donated to us. 
but I mean, there's a lot to say about all those franchises. And I mean, they're certainly a part of this. It's like, you know, you get to a point, it's like, is there creativity still left in this? And then, you know, at what point do you say no, no more? I don't want any more of this. And that's when they kind of, you know, in Friday's instance, you get to like seven and Jason takes Manhattan. And those are like, what? I literally just saw the other day somebody saying that uh, part seven was their favorite. And I'm like, you do you, dude. That's fine, but I don't get you. <laughs> but then the absurdity of Jason takes Manhattan. And then what happens? They go like a complete 180 and do something fucking crazy, right? With um, Jason X. Uh, Jason, uh, no, Jason goes to hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, oh my that's God. Like, that... Yeah. Jason's barely even fucking in that movie. A part of my brain will just... not, yeah, a part of my brain will yeah. not allow me to accept that that is Friday the 13th. <laughs> And I mean, and then you, and then you go to Jason X and then it's like, I don't know that if Jason X was a financial success or not, but I know I see a lot more people, uh, that like that movie now, maybe even than I did 10 years ago online. Mm-hmm. And I think- that was kind of leading into the tongue in cheekness of the whole thing. So maybe... Yeah. You know, I, it wasn't I like think, a, genre, a genre swap, but I think when a, the longer you go with a beloved franchise in hiatus, the more yeah. willing people are to to accept something that's not up to the same standard. So, like if you're just cranking mm-hmm. out these franchises, you know, uh, you know, I uh, we hate to say it, I hate to say it, but. Uh, um, Return of the Living Dead got there. I mean, how many fucking oh, yeah. of them are there? Oh, my God. You know. Uh, but it's, the longer so, you go without one, the more willing you are will, more willing you are to put up with bullshit when you finally get one. True, but there is there is a limit to that bullshit, I think. So, speaking of Return of the Living Dead, which is in my top five, <laughs> um, it immediately falls off for me. I'm not a big fan of part two. I'm even a lesser fan of part three. And then we wait 10 years, maybe 15 years even for part four and part five, which were garbage, <laughs> garbage. Like, I, I don't know what I, I rave to the I grave, it, you know, you rave to the grave and necropolis. I want to say, yeah, I think so. Which I mean, I own them. They were, I, I think they were like these sci-fi movie cash ins and it's just like, for for what the original was, I mean the second the second one really kind of jumped genres and became just complete kind of ham. I mean there was certainly ham in the first one and cheese, <laughs> but it was darker oriented, which may you know it just kind of worked. Well, there was there was more and more. The from second that. one is really played yeah for laughs. I mean you're following a, a little more. kid around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but never with a sense of danger. The, yeah. I don't think the kid, to me, ever felt like he was in danger. There was just... Yeah. And, that, I mean, that's a franchise that literally most of the franchise, to me, I mean, some people love uh, the sequels. The first the first uh, Return 2 and Return 3 specifically. I just don't... I They're not for me. It's weird. It's the only franchise that's like that for me, where I'm like, I love the first one beyond words, but the rest of them I don't <laughs> at all. And, uh, you know, I think that it just became like, okay, we're just, we have this kind of idea and we're just going to cash in on it. Zombies. And uh, just cash it in, man. <laughs> Cash it, you know. If you, it's good work if you can get it, I guess. But well, you know, you can always. But back in the rental days, you could always tell. I felt like when that quality had dipped below a certain threshold, because you ne- suddenly the sequels are not in theaters; they're direct to, they're direct to video, 
Yeah. And that that was an indicator to me like there's a problem here. With one big exception that I think we're going to have a lot to talk about tonight. And that's Full Moon Entertainment. Yeah, who <laughs> much like everything was dressed in video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And oh my god. I have so many good things to say about Full Moon that it's ridiculous and it immediately gets nuked at a certain point to where I'm just like, mm. so <laughs> I can't, which is, you know, following that money train and I, it reaches that line. Go ahead. Let's, let's open up the full moon discussion with a quote from Walt Disney. Uh, uh, allegedly, uh, cause I think 90% of the quotes on the internet are bullshit. So true, allegedly true. Walt Disney said, we don't make movies to make money. We make money to make more movies. So uh, probably what Walt Disney really said was, we don't make movies to make money. We make movies to get that sweet poontang. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's just, uh, that's just speculation. I hope they don't unthaw his frozen head and he sue me for saying that. Because I'm just saying allegedly. The last little bit of life left in his cranium. Yeah. Once he wakes up, he just looks at you and winks and then dies. <laughs> uh, but clearly, Full Moon did not believe the same. Uh, there was a point, you know, Full Moon was always low budget. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I can't recall a single Full Moon property that's not like low budget. But they had good stories. They were they shot had, well. I mean, for what, yes, for what they yeah. were. I mean, so look, I've actually been, uh, for this episode, been watching uh, Puppet Master 3 on the TV to my side, and which is one of my favorite uh, Full Moon movies. And, like, there's some production value. Like, the sets had some reason. <laughs> right. And it's right. shot on film. It's shot on film. Later, that would go out the window. And I don't know. Once film goes to digital, the cheapness of stuff really comes through to me. Yeah, I think when it was on film, it, had, it was more more classy to look at. Yeah, it's it's, it's harder to disguise. I think. I think it's harder to disguise digital crap than it is to disguise actual yeah. on film crap. Um. But the puppets and puppet ma- the puppet masters for a long time were really good. And yeah, what do you think the puppets motion? look like now? Yeah. Oh my god. So I I think I have talked about the puppets <laughs> on, on Horror House before. Uh, so I mean, from Puppet Master one to like five, six or so, you know, their stop motion animation, like it's, you know, I mean, take take it or leave it. Some people don't like that. It's too old school for some people, which I understand. Um, some I people, love it. like to I me, it. it's endearing. I'm like, I fucking love this. <laughs> but then you get to more modern day full moon stuff. And it's literally not far off from a dude just holding like a replica's ankles going blip, 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 blip. I'm a puppet. And that's just uh, the biggest offender to <laughs> uh, art over horror or money over horror. Sorry. Um, and it just doesn't. It's you don't want to watch more of it. You're just like this. Why? And so to jump back uh, for a second for full moon, um, like I am one of the biggest full moon fans, or I was was one of the biggest full moon fans you could ever find. And I know some people are all you know will say that like oh my god I'm such a big Leonard Skinner fan I don't know insert band of or movie of your choice right and you know they're like see I have this T-shirt and this and it's like that's that's all you that's what you have <laughs> uh, I used to buy so much Full Moon stuff they gave me merch they or not merch they gave me like just stacks of flyers to pass out which I've never received from anything ever. They're like, just pass these out. And I'm like, but I'm not your street team. <laughs> Get to work. Kid. Like, yeah. And I'm not talking like 
you know, like 10 or 20. I'm talking a stack of fucking flyers. And I'm like, what the fuck? And yeah, they're like, we just want you to pass them out if you would, if you want to. I didn't because I was like, these are going to be collector's items. They fooled you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sweet summer child. I went to a Charles Band road show with my wife and she, she was kind of there in full moon with me in fandom, but I mean, not quite. I kind of drug her along, but she, even she was like the, the road show show was so fun. Um, and I've met two celebrities, celebrities, air quotes, in my life. One being 80s guitarist, 80s Kiss guitarist, Bruce Kulick, who's one of my top five guitar players of all time. The other is Charles Band. And uh, I asked him if there was going to be a head of the family, too. And he's like, yeah, we're, we're trying to work on it. And uh, that was my one new scoop as a, as a horror fan. That's 15 years too late, 20 years too late. <laughs> But I was a big fan. Long story short, I was a big fan for decades. Uh, you've you've got the back coolest in the VHS rentals. You've got the coolest blade. I mean, I don't even want to say action figure because the thing is legit two foot tall. It's it's a replica. Yeah, yeah. It's and it, it has, is it, bad. It has stood guard. It has stood guard over my over kind of my computer video game area for God, how long have I had that guy? Like 15 years, maybe almost um, until several months ago. Uh, are we ready to get into this and talk about, so I, I feel like I've presented enough of me being a full moon fan. Were you a full moon fan at all? I mean, absolutely to a degree. So, no, absolutely. Not even a little bit. Like I couldn't wait if it, if it had that little full moon logo, it was an automatic mm-hmm. get for me back in the day. Video Corner, Columbus, uh, man, Full Moon was it. Um, yes. I can't think, you know, even the schlock. So Ginger Dead Man was a little bit later. Yeah, um, that's kind of the transition, like yeah, going to digital. But even that it is. It loses something. But even that, yeah. I even, enjoy Even it. that is okay. But um, the subspecies, the yes. evil deads, the demonic toys, um, uh, what's the fucking cop? The like space cop midget. The uh, yeah, trancers. Trancers. Uh, there's so many good ones. They had then. so many franchises. It, it was hard to. <laughs> keep track of really so yeah i was totally um, all shot on film and one thing that i know that me and you probably agree on and you know the full moon at the in the time of you know vhs rental were kind of pioneers in the bonus feature yes because they would yes. have video zones at, before or after i think they were typically after the movie but you would watch it and have previews for upcoming movies and behind the scenes stuff. Yep. And this was a good 10 or 15 years before DVDs started yep. rolling out with yep. bonus features. And there's an argument to be made. Like was, was full moon, you know, kind of a, you know, precursor to that. And I, I, will, the, even though they have lost some grace in my eyes, I will say, yes, that was cool shit. I loved renting them. If for nothing, but that, the movies are yeah, great. I, 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 I was super like into so that cool. stuff. I was super into that stuff, those features. Um, like I said, I've said before, I took every class in television production that was offered at my high school. Every class, except for the on-air talent class. Never took that. Um, mm-hmm. But, and, and look at me now. I'm a star, Mom. <laughs> I made it. Um, but um, so those things just, I, I loved them. I, I loved seeing that stuff. I thought it was, it is, it absolutely was groundbreaking and pioneering. And now, I mean, there's not a DVD that doesn't come with that stuff. Uh, you know, to, available. that's, that's part of a thing with, you know, digital now that is kind of lost i i'm afraid it's going to be lost in the next 10 years his bonus features are kind of 
going away. You don't get that like you used to. That used to be like a selling point, and now it's just not. And it kind of bums me out. But uh, they're just waiting to sell it to you at a different time. It's it's the the elites are just trying to wait to sell it to you at a different time. I know there's one movie I think we are ready to get into that really perfect. Yes, was a was a line in the sand for you. Yeah, uh, and this was uh, the early 2019 season, season one of Horror House. Like towards towards the end of season one, I don't remember what episode. Twenty five. I, I said no. Episode twenty five. Um, it was twenty five. It was Contagion I'm, when we talked about Contagion. Oh, one of our. I think that's our biggest episode. I believe uh, so. ever. And which uh, there you go. Our biggest episode, and I'm calling out Full Moon, saying I'm not going to ever watch your stuff on Horror House, on this on this podcast. It's not like we have millions of people listening, but still, I'm not going to advertise your shit, because I don't like what you're uh, doing now, with what's going on in the world. And, I mean, me and you, uh, starting season two, we're like, we're not going to talk about what's, what's going on. <laughs> right. That's right. not what people come here for, but I mean... It's come up here and there, but I mean, I've, we have to talk about it kind of a little bit to get the point across for this, and that is, you know, the coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, especially now, as many people have died from it over the last almost two years, to have within the first couple months of this becoming like such a heavy thing for the entire planet uh at the at kind of you know nobody knows what's going on um here here they come here comes full moon and charlie band cashing in on this global pandemic and all this you know anxiety and like uncertainty and fear and in in certain regards collapse in certain aspects and it, that to me is just the height of sleaze and cashing in of the highest order and i said no i th- that's not for me anymore you go do your fucking shit and i've not until tonight like turning uh puppet master on i've not watched a full moon movie and I don't, I, I'm, I just turned that on to kind of remember the fandom that I once had that I don't think I may ever have again. Um, I, however, I'm, I'm hogging up all the airwaves. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yes. Tell me you're, you're passionate about the subject. I, however, have finally gone to see Corona zombies. Uh, you have watched it. You have took a, I taken have, a I have watched it. I have watched it. And uh, it is schlock. It is crap. It is uh, no production value at all. There's no value in the story. Yeah. Um, But uh, there are some things that were entertaining about it. Not probably on purpose. Uh, at one point, the zombies are closing in on this newscaster and her cameraman, and he's. Right. She says, "Oh my God!" He says, "You're right. We have to be very careful. Let's run through the middle of them." And so they do. They just bolt through the middle of them. And he like body checks one of the zombies to the ground, and they just run through them. Um, it's. It is. Footage that they already had shot for two other movies. Um, one being yeah. zombie strippers, just, and I can't remember what the other just. Was. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I did not write it down. Um, but I mean, to me, in a way, that kind of makes it even more offensive. And I'm not one to like get offended by shit. I'm like, whatever. But this is like a different thing to me. Yeah, it so is clearly purposing shit. Yeah, to cash it, in on it, this thing. Yeah, it is clearly a cash in. in. It's junk. It's crap. This um, Barbie, um, I know Robin S- Sydney is yeah. credited as being in it. Uh, 
but she's literally just a voice on the phone. And I can't remember Barbie's last name, but uh, um, if if you know, if, if, Rabble, if you're aware of how rap Full Moon movies go, when I saw Barbie head to the shower, I <laughs> thought it was going to get interesting. And she is... Clearly, she's wearing clothes still in the shower, like a bra or a swimsuit or something. You can see the straps. Never shows any of her boobies. There are some boobies from these scenes that came from um, zombie strippers. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the zom- one of the uh, strippers clearly gets a chunk bit out of her ass by a, a, a zombie. Um, but it is it is gar. It is hot fucking garbage. It is a dumpster fire. It is not worth watching. Um, You know, that kind of uh, brings up the question, right? Like, uh, I want to say, or I want to ask, like, take the movie that is like an offender of the idea, right, of art or money over art or money over horror in this instance. Or comedy, whatever you want to say. Um, if erasing that movie from existence, if you had the magical power to be like, poof, it's gone, and that doesn't change anything, was it worth making in the first place? Do you know what I mean? And I feel like this is a is a prime example of that question. Like, so if this movie, you could just say, no, you're gone. Like, what what would that affect? Other than me still being a full moon fan. <laughs> Maybe so. They they do take some live news footage and interviews and put. Obviously, they're not live when you're watching the movie, but they they take right, some right. some shit from the news and just cut and paste it into their fucking movie. And mostly, it's interviews with um, um, Donald J. Trump. Oh my god! And, and we oh my we, god. we we generally try to stay. Uh, Mostly apolitical in this podcast, but they even at the time Corona Zombies comes out, and this is why this is the one thing I'm going to say that maybe changes your outlook on Corona Zombies, and maybe not because it is clearly just a cash grab, right? But they have the interview with Donald Trump where he is on the news telling people that this pandemic was going to last. Three weeks to a couple months by by spring it'll be gone. Right. It's two years later. It's not gone, and it's it's real. I mean, that's not it's not you, political you work, to say it's fucking you real. You still work around it. <laughs> you were yes. there. You're there still. Yes. The consequences are of this virus are still being felt. So it, it is real. You can say what you want if you have something negative to say about. The fact that it's real, or you think it's a hoax, whatever, hit us up on right. the socials and let us know. I'd be happy to to get into it with you and and to you know um, hear what you have to say. I still on the regular mm-hmm. am um, reading everything I can about the vaccines and the virus and the treatment, and you know there mm-hmm. are some great treatments that look like they're coming down the road um we have better treatments now than we did have but but anyway the movie does riff on on the idea that there are a couple times when the zombies are attacking they're like oh if we could just find a place to hide it's going to go away in a couple weeks right it's like okay barbie you're as (laughs) as dumb as i thought you were um but it, it is just it's it's a this movie is a not recommend this is a if I could delete this movie from existence without mm-hmm. changing anything without any ripple effects I guess I would because it's not it, it brings nothing of value except maybe the same value like looking back at marijuana madness and, oh, and right, laughing right. at all this I, these outdated <laughs> ideas. Maybe it's worth looking at just to recap some of the crazy things that were said about the pandemic in those early days. That so, you know, cl- clearly nobody with any sense believed at the time, and, and have turned out that 
right. you know, you were right for it to not believe in. So, so the Corona zombies came out in April, came out on April 10th, 2020, which is smack dab in the middle of the beginning of this fucking shit. Um, and I'm sure it didn't take, I feel like it was announced that they were making it and it, it got a little bit of attraction on the internet. It seemed like, uh, you know, some, some websites were picking it up on that probably wouldn't pick up on puppet master 14. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, and I guess in that regard, they got what they wanted. However, uh, if these people, yeah, if these people that, you know, they traded, you know, for me, like you trade one, a big fan like me for somebody that, you know, is like, Oh, Corona zombies. Let me check that out. Oh, this is trash. I'm not going to, I'm done. And then they don't buy your shit. Uh, did you, I mean, your quest for money has fell over already. Cause you, <laughs> you, and, and that's the, you lost that's, your producer. And, and that is, I think the next place this discussion needs to go is, mm-hmm. uh, when you do that, when you make that quick cash grab, over producing something that's good that actually has a good story that actually you put some effort into it uh-huh. we've said several times in, in this show we we've talked about movies we we praised bad ben yeah um so it's not the budget and, and budget, budget limitations are are not something that you know we're like you know, if it doesn't have ten explosions and <laughs> giant set pieces and a big name actor, you know, uh, Tone Loke, yeah. uh, you know, we're not going to watch it. But it's heart. It's heart. I think heart is the best yeah. way to describe it. Absolutely. You have to. You have to. If you don't love what you're putting out, then why should we, as fans, why should we love what you're putting out? Yeah. Um, devoid of all these things it just you know the heart of it the want to make something cool (laughs) whether you have the money to do it or not it's it becomes a different thing when uh it becomes i just want to get this out so i can make uh, a couple thousand bucks (laughs) i i think um outside of horror i think it's it's good to kind of look at the star wars franchise um, you know, um, uh, I don't think the prequels were a money grab. There's obviously a lot of heartfelt emotion and intention put into those movies. Um, but it, but it is an example of maybe the original creator, George Lucas, he needed to be taken, uh, uh, you know, someone needed to take over the reins of this franchise. Now, you know, was there any legal, you know, no one can sue and be like, uh, no, I'm I'm suing you in court to take over the Star Wars <laughs> franchise because you are fucking it up. Right. That's not going to happen, but for the love of the franchise, the best thing for the franchise at some point might be to move on from the original creator. Yeah. The When you start to get the other Star Wars tales, uh, Rogue One. Rogue One is fan-fucking-tastic, and I think most Star Wars fans would agree. This is I something like Solo. That I, I love Solo. I I liked Solo a whole lot. Yeah, um, I mean the 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 what are, what are they referred to as the postquels? <laughs> I don't know. Like the the sequels, I guess. Uh, you know, with Daisy Ridley, I, I wasn't yeah, into those. I've still not watched uh, Rise of Skywalker or My Name Is Skywalker, whatever the fucking last one is. I've still never watched that. And yeah, I it's not that I don't want to. I just don't feel the need to. And I feel like that's kind of one, really. I'm kind of glad you brought that up because that kind of fits this discussion. Because uh, I feel like that's maybe not a good thing when you have somebody. I would consider myself a fairly hardcore Star Wars fan, at least mm-hmm. certain aspects of it. Um, so when a, a movie comes out. And a fan is like, I have no reason to want to watch this, and doesn't for years. I don't know that uh, that's obviously you can't appeal to everybody. I get that, and right. 
maybe that's I, maybe I actually think that's book. where the Star Wars saga went wrong in the sequel trilogy is the first one came out the first one um, uh, The Force Awakens total yeah. fucking fan service like it is just beat for beat repeating the same themes yeah. and the same beats of the you know, of the original trilogy and, which and is okay they, that's okay yeah, that's a great yeah, place to come out I agree and I agree you had to change something I felt like the, you know the, that original or that original that uh, Force Awakens was kind of like steering the boat back in the right direction mm-hmm, to kind of remind mm-hmm. people like what Star Wars was but then there was no follow through with that for me no I felt um, like I felt like uh, Ryan Johnson came out and said, you know, I'm going to change things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was changing just for the sake of changing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We talked about um, Savini when he did the remake of Night of the Living Dead, where he said, you know, I I set out to subvert your expectations. I took what you knew and what you expected, and I turned it on said. That's genius. And to a degree, Ryan Johnson... (laughs) did that with this second one and I, I don't know did uh, no, did he he had creative like oversight over the whole sequel trilogy is my understanding I know it was a female director for the second one or the third one but he had this creative no he was the Kevin Feige of the, the sequel trilogy is my understanding I, Star Wars fans I know you will fucking throw rocks at me at the Walmart for being hashtag wrong. cancel Dave <laughs> Yeah, um, but he but. didn't do it in the right way. You know, no. it was it was change for the sake of change, instead of change for the sake of advancing the story, providing yeah. something new, um, expanding the universe. You know, the there was, there was Mandalorian. I think is where it picked up perfectly <laughs> to continue. Afterwards, and but I have some issues with season two of The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. and those issues start and end with Boba Fett. Boba feats leave him out. Bo- Boba the feats, but he didn't need to be in there. He didn't need to be in there. I no. agree. I like Boba Fett, but what what is he doing? And supposedly uh, in season three, he's joining the Mandalorian. What is he doing? He's what got are you his own fucking show doing? Now. He's got his yeah, own show. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't am know. okay with it because it was fan service in the way that, you know, it seemed like the sequel trilogy was like, here's this character. You remember now they're dead. Fuck you. <laughs> and they didn't, they didn't go that route, which was nice for Boba Fett. Uh, Welcome to the Star Wars house. <laughs> we went yeah. hardcore on Star Wars. I, I guess so. <sighs> okay, let's talk about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, the Friday the 13th okay. remake. Have you seen okay. them both? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple times uh, for Nightmare. I don't know if I've seen Friday's remake more than once. I think I'm the exact opposite. Really? I mean, I think it's I'm not the because exact, I exact. like it's not because I like the Nightmare one. I think I just I like I like Jackie Earl Haley as okay. Freddy. I well, thought he would have been okay with a better movie, <laughs> but the makeup sucked. Yeah, it did. The Freddy fucking makeup in the remake sucked. Yep. Um, I, I thought the idea. I thought they did good with that on um, reiterating and getting back to. Freddie is not a good person. You know, this yeah, with the setup that he was a child molester. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I thought they did a good job of saying, okay, let's not forget, Freddie is not the hero. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, side note, it's you watched, I, I don't know how much she influenced your viewing habits, but Fonda, huge Freddie fan, you've <laughs> huge. watched the Nightmare remake more times. Than the Freddy, the Friday the Thirteenth. Um, Not because Stella, of her. 
Not because but, of her. She fucking hates I, it. I just, I, but I just think that's interesting that that you're with her and you've watched that. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. I've watched the Friday the Thirteenth remake several times. Stella's a huge Supernatural fan. I don't know if, how Fonda oh, feels about right, Supernatural. Right. And, no. and so uh, uh, Jared um, Pilecki, Padalecki. No idea. Um, You're out of my uh, The Winchester Boy. The Winchester Boy is in the remake <laughs> of the Friday the 13th, and that's what we watched. So, And, um, uh, you know, they're both by Platinum Dunes. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I don't feel like... Uh, the Friday one so much, but I feel like the nightmare one and some of their other stuff is just so watered down and kind of generic. And there may, there is a little bit of that in Friday, but I feel like, uh, the Friday remake was a little bit more visceral. And I do like, um, the dude that played Jason in that. I thought he'd have been a fine Jason to Mm -hmm. continue on. Uh, the what's his, what's, what's that dude's name? Meeks. Uh, shit. I'm going to kick myself in the ass for not remembering his name. But he's a great Jason. He's been in a lot of things. He was the new Swamp Thing in the the short-lived Swamp Thing series. He's been in a few I've... things. He's a, just a giant of a man, and he seems really cool. If you follow him on Twitter, he's just a a chill guy and kind of a fan of 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 of, of stuff. He's he's one of us. Derek Mears. Derek Mears, that's his name. Um and I feel like he would have he he was he was a money Jason that they just didn't follow through with. They just finished uh, the the fucking uh, whole court shit with the uh, the Friday Thirteenth yes. lawsuit of the original yes. writer, which brings up a whole different thing because you know he was suing over the first movie, which doesn't include Jason, and so. I, who knows how that's going to turn out. But if we get start getting some Friday the, ter- the 13th movies with Derek Mears back as Jason, like, that'd be hot. That'd be hot. And I think he yeah, would do that. I, I, I thought that... I, I hope they do it, and I hope they do it right. Um, yeah. Because it, it really does have the potential to turn into a Star Wars situation here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna die. Don't die by saying that. <laughs> the because the remake really did a lot of fan service. Uh, but I mean, the remake's like ten years old now. They're gonna have mm-hmm. to. I mean, what do you Re- you remake it again? Another remake? I don't feel like like these movies. Once you get somebody that's <coughs> at least in part ways a fan and understands storytelling. It's like, we don't need to keep remaking these. We can just find our jumping off point and go from there. Mm-hmm. And that's part. It's like with superhero movies, right? It's like not everything, you know, here's, here's Spider-Man. We never got an origin story for the latest Tom Holland, Spider-Man, right? A little bit with the, with uh, his introduction in civil war. But that, I mean, still, that's not, not like showing him uh, get, yeah. by the spider. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't need it. We don't need it. We don't need it. And I feel like that's something that a lot of these uh, studios could learn to accept is we don't need these kind of retelling of certain things. Let's just get on with it. Yep. Yeah. I, I actually watched a uh, YouTube video today about Deadpool. And okay. how they avoided those that origin story cliche by telling the origin story in beats and bits and pieces in flashback right, right. during what two thirds of the movie was that you know highway action sit, set and uh, and how you know that way they avoided the well the first third of the movie you're waiting for the superhero. No, you get the superhero right up front, and so yeah, you know, there's there's possibilities. Um, I, I do want to say, people. creative minds. Just, I I do want to say, as a Friday the Thirteenth fan, that there are two Friday the Thirteenth movies where Jason is not the killer. So the first one and the fifth one, Tommy Jarvis. Oh right, right, right. So. Um, uh, so is there any other things that you want to say, uh, before we sign off for this, uh, for this episode? 
Because um, I, ha- I have one more thing to throw in before we're done, but I want to—I don't want to cut you off too prematurely. No, you know, I just—I do. A, I, I so appreciate when a studio really cares about what they're producing. We we talked about right. we well yeah. we didn't talk about we reviewed our whole award show is called the Chuddies. And yeah. we reviewed Chud One and Chud Two. The first, uh, the, the only the second show where two of the same franchise get done. The first being Night of the Living Dead and the Night of the Living Dead remake. Uh, so, right. uh, you know, it can be done right. You can change tones correctly. You can Absolutely. you can mix things up. Um, again, you can have a low budget and and, um, and still produce something good if you put your heart into it. And you know you have faith in your product. Um, you know it, it's it can be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. It, and it when you get to these, me. what hurt you? Tell me. Tell me who it hurts, hurts you. Me. It hurts me when they make <laughs> shit for shit's sake. Yes. You know. Uh, the the money over the art. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's not worth doing. And what I was going to say, uh, there was, you know, you get these long franchises. And then to put people you know, in leadership roles and in charge of certain aspects of it that aren't fans of it doesn't make sense to me. I feel like that's when it uh, loses something in these bigger things, you know, like Friday or nightmare or star Wars, or it's like, once people aren't fans and don't know what it is, it's pretty clear. I think a lot of times when that happens and I think you just shouldn't, you shouldn't try to shy away from people that are fans uh, making your shit because I don't. They care. I don't about even it. understand that. Yeah, I don't even understand yeah. that. So it makes no fucking sense. You can bring in somebody um, with fresh ideas, with a fresh vision. Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. Still but a they, fan. at their heart, they have to like. They yes. have to appreciate what has already been done. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Um, if uh, if you're good, uh, I have one more thing to bring up. Uh, at, please join me in this. Uh, Charles Band. I think you know where I'm heading, Dave. Okay. Are we ready? Are we ready to do this? I'm ready. All right. So everybody listening, and uh, we're we're calling out Charles Band. If you want to come on Horror House. We'll set it all up. Let's do it. We want to hear from you. If you want, if you, Hey, if you just want to email us something, you know, that's cool too. But if you want to come on here and talk, uh, open invitation to the horror house and let's discuss the whole full moon Corona zombies stuff. You know, we'll lay the cards on the table. We'll be cool. We'll be civil. We'll hear you out. Uh, but we won't pull punches either. We'll be honest with you, uh, as you are with us. So I say, you know, here's your invitation. Let's uh, let's do a little little sit down uh, talk. Uh, and anyone listening, if you want this to happen, let us know. Let Full Moon know. Let Charles Band know. And you know, maybe one day we can make this happen. And maybe one day, me as a former Full Moon fan can be a Full Moon fan again. That'd be fantastic. I'd love that. Let's heal. Let's he- as a horror yeah. community. Yeah. As a horror. Family, uh, Charles, come on the show. I'm much more forgiving of Corona's zombies at, than Chris is, but come on the show. Let's talk. I'll, I'll, I'll mediate. I promise to be fair, and uh, you know, yeah, let's let's talk about full moon. Let's let's um, let's do this. Let's get some healing. And with that. Uh... Like we said, if you want if you want to hear this conversation, let us know, let them know, and let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Um, but 
with that said, I think that does it for this episode of Horror House. Uh, until next time, same horror time, same horror channel. I did it. I did it the first time this time, Dave. I just you listened did to it, us over yeah. the weekend, uh, and I, I imprinted it in my brain. I am. So, I'm, I'm professional. I'm so now. proud. I'm so proud of you. So give him some final words, Dave, and we will be out of the podcast averse for this week. Um, yeah, just let's appreciate horror movies for what they are. Um, they're entertainment, but they are also art and, uh, let's enjoy it. Let's not give people, I don't, I don't want to gatekeep, you know, if Corona zombies is your jam, if that, you know, that's great, but I doubt it. Um, so let's appreciate when people make something with heart. It doesn't all have to be the big franchises. It doesn't all have to be, you know, the 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 expectation. You know, we can make something different. Let's let's enjoy it and appreciate it and grow horror, not keep people out or uh, oh, I don't like that, so it must suck. You know. <laughs> Let's let's be a horror family. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, to quote Kevin Smith real quick, because you, you brought that up, uh, a Kevin Smith quote that I've always remembered, and I had to look it up to, because uh, I want to, it's pretty long and I just wanted to get it right. He says, remember, it costs nothing to encourage an artist and the potential benefits are staggering. A pat mm. on the back to an artist now could one day result in your favorite film or the cartoon you love to get stoned watching. Or the song that saves your life. Discouraging an artist, you get absolutely nothing in return, ever. So if there's something you enjoy, let them know that you enjoy it. I, I, that is deep. I love it. I love it. And it's it's great. It's a great message for today. Um, spread the possibility, the positivity. Encourage... Uh, artists and uh, let's go horror family. Let's let's make something happen and call out Charles Band. Yeah, you know if if enough people call out Charles Band, you know um, he may have to uh, 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 respond and come on the show. And then you know you what kind of questions would you like us to ask him? So let's let's do this. Come on, rabble. I have faith in you.